Welcome. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson. Hello and welcome, magic folk, to This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. This is episode number 44. We are your hosts. I am Matt Olson. Over there, we have Danny Oakstead. Hey, what's up? And over there, we have the Janky Boggle, JB. What's up? And here we have a podcast for you all of news, of magic, just another week. So, how about we uh, jump on into this then, eh? Sounds like a plan. Okay, so we're going to break down how this episode is laid out for y'all here. First off, we're going to talk about event results from this last weekend. We have some SEG and Red Bull information to pass on. Then after that, we're going to talk about some upcoming events. Then we'll move to the news. And in the news, cover all the information of leaks and sales and online events or online cubing happening. Then we'll jump into the finance section, closing off with a very aggressive deck of the week this week. So from there, let's just, let's jump into this. JB, take us away from your sports boggle desk. (laughs) My event desk. I'm picturing you like a uh, an ESPN news or commentator for a sport right now. Picture that. You oh. Good lord, it's like Sports Center. There we go. That's what it's called. You give me too much credit. I gotta gotta build you up that high. I'm a small guy, okay? Long falls hurt me. Boggles jump up on shoulders. That's the bog bound. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you are my bog bounder. Yeah. <laughs> you can reach heights on the shoulders of this giant. <laughs> okay, so first up, we have some SCG Championship Qualifier results. So our SCG Tour Online Championship Qualifier was on Magic Arena, so it's standard format. First up, we have Team of Reclamation, piloted by Aaron Diaz. Second place was Bant Ramp. Third place was Salti Ramp. Fourth place was Bant Ramp. Fifth place was Bant Ramp. Sixth place was Mono Green Aggro. Ooh, piloted by our own Corey Baumeister. Look at that. Seventh place was Jun Sacrifice. Eighth place was Mono Red Aggro. Ninth place was Rakdos Sacrifice. And tenth place was Teamer Reclamation. At least it wasn't all Team Reclamation again this time, huh? Right. I, I, I do want to comment on that Team Reclamation deck. It had... It, it, it was using Jariel Mulvoyen Recluse, the, the two-drop that makes makes cats when you draw your second card each turn. And in a build like this, I'm like, yeah, they're totally doing that. You got Expansion, Explosion, Land War, Visionary, Uro that are all drawing you those cards, and then, of course, Growth Spiral. So 
you're making you're making cat tokens and then Team Rec always just has cards in hand. I like this a lot. And it's also running two Sublime Empathy. So like two new cards from Core 21 that I'm I'm really hyped about. That's that's why I wanted to bring that up there. You would be hyped about blue cards. Right? Uh, also a little side note as well. Top cards for this uh for this tournament, Girl Spiral, with it being in over fifty six percent of decks. It's a good card. Yeah, thirty six copies. Then you also had twenty eight copies of Uro. Another busted card. Yeah, if we if we strip her down, all one, two, three, four, five Five of the eight decks are blue-green base, which have Growth Spiral and Uros in there. A single mono-green, a Jun Sacrifice. So, I mean, there's more green in the top eight because there's only the one one uh, mono-red deck. There's seven that run green. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous, I say. So this last weekend, we also had our Red Bull Untapped online qualifier in Russia. Fun stuff right there, huh? Who knew they played Magic over there? I didn't. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully nobody from Russia listens to this. Their, their top eight for this uh, standard format, I'd say, is a little more interesting than the SEG one. Yeah, it's a little more diverse. So I'm probably going to butcher this this name here, so I'm only going to read the top name. So first place, we had Alexi Sukik. Sure, we'll go with that. There's a lot of H's in there. Uh, he was playing Bant Ramp. Second place, we had Mono Red Aggro. Third place, we had Saltai Ramp. Fourth place was Bant Ramp. Fifth place was Mono Green Stompy. Sixth place, Mono Green Stompy. Seventh place, Boros Aggro. And then eighth place, we had Rakdos Knights. So yeah, I like the look of this top eight a lot better. Yeah, this had three green, blue base decks in the top eight here. And it had five, five with green in them. So green a little less represented over there. But the the Rakdos Rakdos Knight stack. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Has has the uh, Black Lance Paragon as one of the main ways to protect your creatures because everything in here is is almost a knight. But then you just dropping down Rotting Registers as well. Oh my gosh, Rotting Registers and Ember Cleave. I was talking about this the other day. I'm like, that's just so good. 16 damage and double strike and trample. It's really hard to come back from something like that with a Rotting Registar out. And a, and a very fun card here, a singleton of Shadow Spear in the main board for this Rakdos Knights deck. I love me some Shadow Spear. Pretty sure we all love Shadow Spear on this podcast. Because Danny, you, you, you run that in a You've had a thing for that one in a in a deck of yours, right? Yeah, it's some mono white 
uh, Johnny Pride made deck. I don't use it as often as I should or need to, but because of that deck, I usually have so much more life that I don't need to. I usually overrun people rather than use it. But it's, uh, if I need it, I can use it. I run oh. one or two of them in my mono white taxes. Yeah, it's I have pretty, two of them. So. Pretty solid in there. I can usually, by the time I need it, I have enough life that I can just get enough flyers and just fly over one. I would have something else to report here, but looks like the MTGO Pioneer Challenges sadly didn't fire this weekend. Pretty crazy. What do you guys think? Think Pioneer's dead? Think this is uh, the beginning of the downhill slide? I don't know about that. I'm. It's how many sets are in Pioneer right now? Uh, RTR forward. So how many sets? I don't know. I don't know how to do math. I can't count that high. That goes past my uh, fingers and toes. I don't think it's that many, but yeah. I think it's like 16. With with the new sets and everything, yeah, modern obviously takes a backseat to modern because everyone's established in modern. I think for the new people, once they start I don't know what like those who started standard are within the pioneer spectrum who started standard then and once they're unless they keep buying into standard which I stopped because it just got too expensive started with commander but and then when I stopped I was wasn't pioneer yet so I think they're going to start going into Pioneer. So the new people are going to take over Pioneer. I don't know. I think it will pick back up. It's not going to completely die like uh, Frontier did. It's just going to take a while for it to get up to what modern is. I mean, Pioneer is a good stepping stone. Like, I mean, it was. It's it's definitely a good idea for a format. It's just I don't know if you've played any Pioneer. Lately, but they really need to do something about the meta. It is a little ridiculous. It's not fun to play in. It's really stale. If you're not playing the same two or three decks, it's there's no point. It's just it's dumb. I tried playing in the Man Trader series last month, and it was Pioneer, and it it was nothing but Inverter. That's all it was. Was, if you weren't playing inverter, you just you weren't doing anything. It's just there's no point. Super stale and really annoying. And I think that got to a lot of people. I think that's why we're just now seeing the pioneer drop offs because the last two months they've had those big mana trader series were pioneer back to back. So you had an influx of players. Now that we've got modern this month, there's no incentive to play pioneer right now. Yeah, Pioneers definitely definitely shows like it took a hit. I'm on the side that maybe people just weren't really excited about it because it's 4th of July weekend this last weekend, but I know that's definitely not the case because Legacy Challenges, the Vintage Challenges, the Modern Challenges, they all fired off still. Yep. 
every other format fired off. Yeah. Except for Pioneer. So looking at like the meta share and stuff for the Pioneer metagame, according to mtgmeta.io, good way to look at that. Nice picture graphs and stuff. But uh, Demir Inverter takes up about 18 or 17 and a half percent of the meta. And then right behind that is 10% with Mono Red Agro. And then Mono White Devotion with Boros Burn following behind. Esper Control, Yorion, Lotus Breach, and Mono Black Agro leading into Soultide Delirium for all those decks with a 5% or above meta share. Yeah, the, the fact that Demir Inverter still holding around. I know on the Masters of Modern Facebook page that got asked and people were like they need to do some extreme bannings and stuff here soon to try and overcome this if this is going to be a thing where people don't want to play Pioneer. Uh, One of the big things that happened back at the beginning of COVID-19 was we missed out on the Players Tour Pioneer Houston where there was supposed to be a ban announcement that happened afterwards and seeing that level of Pioneer get played would definitely contribute to uh, having that level that high level of Pioneer magic getting viewed by everybody is important and we just haven't been able to get it. It's not on Arena. It's on Moto. But I don't know. People, yeah. People are just going for Modern, which feels to have a much better sh- shakeup and stuff right now. Or even people going into Standard because they're feeling a little more promise with the Orzov Yorion deck moving. And, well, I mean, Team of Wreck is still a thing, clearly, but. Demir Inverter is just a, a, a not fun deck to play against, unfortunately. And No, no, it's not. And Pioneer is a very combo format right now. Pretty much all the main decks are combo. And it's not the funnest thing to play against. It's yeah. all well, combo. Isn't that what Modern is too, though? Combo? Mm, Modern's a lot more diverse. It's not just... Well, yeah, because they have such a wide variety of cards, but the top tier modern decks are all combo. Uh, They may not be like CDH combo levels, but I mean, there's still combo levels. I don't think there's too many combo decks up in the top, is there? Uh, No. According again to uh, mtgmeta.io. I mean, I know Ad Nauseam was on the rise, but I don't think that's super high up there in the meta share, is it? No, it's not up there at all. You got Devoted Druid coming in at 3.5%. Then you have, I guess maybe you can say that Amulet Titan is a combo deck? That, mm, that's, that's not, not really, because it comes in and beats your face with a prime time. Yeah, so Neoform that's, is the only other yep. combo deck on here, and that's at two and a third percent share in the meta. The be- Where's Storm at? Uh, Storm is at three and a half percent. Okay, so Storm's kind of up there then. Yeah, but it's still, they're all sub five percent of the meta share for those. Yeah, 
Exactly. Decks. It's not any sort of egregious numbers. And let's take a look here and see if there's a better. Does does the wizard's site site show a better meta share breakdown, or would I? Yeah, maybe check out MTG Goldfish here. Modern. There's like an overall meta. Oh, no, they don't have an overall meta. That'd be cool to be able to see that. But yeah, just going off of uh, MTG. MTG Meta.io. Dredge is the highest meta share right now with just over 7%. As where Demir Inverter was 17.5% of the meta share. That tells you something right there. Yeah. I mean, all these decks, the, the, the diversity and stuff here is very clear. But um, I feel Rakdos Goblins is definitely going to be picking up pace here. And that's a combo deck with. Uh, Conspicuous Snoop, the new Kiki Jiki Infinite combo with Conspicuous Snoop. Stop giving people ideas. Hey, so they already have. I'm not looking forward to that. Okay, I'm seriously trying to figure out the anti deck to that. It's rough for Pioneer right now, and there needs to be some form of change. I have not played Pioneer because I was only playing Paper Pioneer. I don't play on uh, Moto at all. But uh, JB, like you were saying, when you were playing in the Mana Traders events, you said you were just running into so many Demir Inverters. Like, Yep, it was like, of all the decks I played, and I played quite a few matches trying to get in to qualify, and I just kept getting wrecked and getting wrecked and getting wrecked, and out of about 25 matches I played before I gave up, good 85% of it was all Demir Inverter, and the other half was Heliod Combo. Yeah, as where with Modern, like you're going to run into different decks like Snow Control, Dredge, Eldrazi, a little more yep. diversity and stuff like that. But Although I have noticed in a lot of the um, League dumps and Challenge dumps and stuff that I've been looking at lately, uh, Etron is on the rise in modern I've seen it show up a lot more which really sucks because I hate that deck terribly Thought Not Seer is picking up in popularity it's good to pick out a lot of things in, in players hands like on the play now with the Rakdos Goblins you turn 3 uh, you turn 3 Tron cast a Thought Not Seer be able to get out their uh, Harbinger in their hand or because that's what you're going to need. Who knows? Maybe I'll just go to the dark side and play the deck that I absolutely hate. Maybe I'll just be an Etron player. I don't know. Who knows? You can't beat him. Join him, right? Join the Tron side. You know what he is? <laughs> He's just going for the, the, the bright Tron, not the dark Tron. Yeah. Trying to be different. Is this foreshadowing? Maybe. This is why I won't play blue. Oh man, I want to do Blue Tron so bad. I want to be able to you would. cast Cyclonic Rifts in Modern. No, you're terrible. Not terrible. You're a terrible human. I like I like blue spells. You're a terrible human. You're what's I'm wrong with magic. <laughs> well, I feel you blue players. I feel we spend enough time on the event results. We 
definitely deviated with the pioneer challenges and stuff not firing, but let's keep going. Okay, so we've got some upcoming events to talk about. So, first up, we have Nerd Rage Gaming is having a championship series starting on July 19th. And the format is going to be Legacy. Entry is free to all Patreons. Let's open this tab. So the way it sounds like is you would be able to pay to get in. It's just Patreon members are free. Well, that's what I'm looking at here. Because entry requirements is an MTGO screen name and an entry code. Mm, Okay, so maybe you do have to be a Patreon. That's what I'm thinking, because under entry fee, all it says is free to all of our Patreon subscribers. There's no no dollar amount or anything else. Um, Yeah. Could have been a little more clear on that. Yeah, especially with the click for more details. So it looks like if you're a Patreon, you know, you're all set up and good to go. Um, just register. There's looks like there's already three people registered. And uh, yeah, this this just got announced today. So if you like Legacy and want to win uh, up to a thousand dollars in store credit for Nerd Rage Gaming, go for it. And it looks like it's going to be live covered on Twitch too. I'm always down for watching a good good round of Legacy. So. I'd probably can. Heck yeah! I'd probably jump in on that or watch, like, not play. <laughs> watch it. Yeah. With Energy Series, like their actual Twitch page. So if you wanted to enter it, it would be five dollars because their one month subscription or tier one subscription is monthly. It's a four ninety nine price tag. Okay, so if you're not a Patreon, you can pay five bucks and you can become a Patreon and get into it. Yeah, basically. So if you want to work terrible, yeah, for a crack at a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's not terrible. I know the the Fargo scene has some good legacy, uh, a good amount of legacy players in it. So if you're in the FM area, want to do some legacy events, links in the description down below. Also, if you're in the FM area and a legacy player, uh, any tips would be greatly appreciated because I'm trying to cut my teeth on legacy here coming up. <laughs> you're not going to be doing Boggle Legacy? I don't know. I thought about it. <laughs> thought about it. He just run his modern deck in legacy. I mean, why not? It's worth a shot, right? I mean, it, it, it can't be that bad of a flop, right? You're going to get Force of Willed and <laughs> and uh, Wastelanded to death, and you are going to be the most pissed off Boggle ever. <laughs> and I will cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Modern has Force of Negation, so... Uh... Yeah, but this counters your Boggle. Force of Will. Force of Negation counters my Boggle, too. Force of Negation is not a creature spell, sir. Is it? No, oh, I thought it was all. <laughs> no, I thought it was counter target spell. See, I don't play blue. I don't know this crap. 
Blue is the cancer of magic. I don't know. I, if, I don't know if you know this, there, uh, JB, but you know most most boggles are blue as well. Yeah, but the standard boggle is green white. Okay, people have been experimenting with bant boggles, but eh, no, that's not my thing. Three colors is a little too greedy of a mana base for that kind of a deck. I'm just talking about a boggle color identity is green blue, sir. Yeah, and that's the only blue in the deck. And I don't consider it because it's hybrid, okay? It's green. Because I tap green to cast it. It's a green frog that lives in blue water. Yes. <laughs> don't you insult my boggles. Don't you don't you drag them to your level. Well, they're pretty short, so I don't get that far of a drag. <laughs> it would actually be a lift up. Matt's pretty tall. I suppose. <laughs> so anyway, after that tirade here, we have uh, some more random SCG online events happening. Like always. All the fun stuff. Anyway, that, I'm going to turn it over to the news desk. Danny, got any news? Uh, maybe. Um, So this week we don't have Ben research and update. Um, but with that being said, we'll move along to the blog song of the week. This week, we go to Graveyard Greg. Yes, Mark. I got into magic. I don't really ask, but he went on to state. I got into magic in Alpha Days. I miss, or he goes on, I miss you, Mox Ruby. And stopped after Homelands. Got back into it during Guilds of Ravnica and got hooked on Commander. Hello, Lord Windgrace. Thank you, thank you so much for Corset 2021. And now for my question: Who would win in a fight, Frexian, Slivers, or Aldrazi? Mark replies: My best guess is you get a Frixenized Eldrazi, with a belly full of Slivers. Sounds like Frexians win to me. Yeah, I would say so too. Or would Eldrazi win? No, because the Phyrexians turned the Eldrazi into a Phyrexian Eldrazi. Oh my god, imagine an Eldrazi with Infect. No, that would be pointless. <laughs> would not be pointless. It would be pointless. Thought not Seer El- with Infect. Eldrazi are huge, okay? Not they don't need Eld- Infect. Not all Eldrazi are huge. So moving along from the blog talk of the week, uh, we move into our quickies. This week on Friday Night Magic at home, the format it's Artisan. Make those common uncommon decks. Pretty fun one. Also this week on on Arena, we have Corset constructed, so check the tabs for the different various events with Corset. Should be fun. NG, yeah, buddy. What's uh, what's happening on MTGO this next couple weeks? Well, it looks like from the 1st to the 29th, we have Vintage Cube coming to MTGO. So get your cube on. Highlighting a couple cards that are getting changed from the cube. Uh, they are adding in some stuff from Aquaria and 
uh, Core 21. Couple. Oh, surprise, surprise. Earl, maybe? Earl? He's in, he's in Theros. You mean Yorion? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're changing. They're, they're adding in Yorion, but they're taking out Geist of St. Traft. And JB, for you, they're adding in Fiend Artisan and replace, or they're adding in Fiend Artisan and taking out Garuk Cursed Huntsman. Ooh, yeah. I will find a way to break Fiend Artisan. Also, I will do it because I like that card yay. a lot. Uh, also, while we're here, just a little side note along with MTGO. The next downtime is scheduled for July 29th, beginning at 9 a.m. and continuing until noon for the release of Double Masters. Ooh. So I guess this is a little point where we can say we should be expecting some Double Masters shit soon. And ah, I'm hyped. I'm so hyped for Double Masters. Yep, yep. Next in the news... Dex Protection is having a sale of up to 50% on a lot of their items. Uh, just cover a couple of them here real quick on their page. They have their large deck box, medium deck box, and small deck box of yellow, brown, and pink, along with their uh, binders as well going on sale. But then there's their Duelist deck box box in black and blue and white and red and green their uh, dex zipper binders in pink and yellow ranging from their 4 to 12 page and then they have their proline deck box large in multiple different colors on sale honestly I'm probably going to pick up a deck box or two or some of these binders deck protection very solid binder of choice to be putting your cards in, I'd say. That's that that suede in the pages just makes you feel so so classy. So moving along, we got a possible planeswalker leak from Zendikar Rising. This is being brought to you by MTG Arena Zone. We have a potential black-green Nessa. Dude, if this thing's real, looks legit AF. So this card, it is green-black 2, called Golgari Nessa. It has three abilities. Has four loyalty counters right away. So the first first ability is zero. Has landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, put a loyalty counter on Nissa. It's plus one ability. Untap target land you can control. It becomes a three three elemental creature with haste and menace until end of turn, and it's still a land. And it's last but not least, Nig five. Put a Creature with CMC equal to equal or less than the number of lands you control from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield with two one one counters on it. Then Nig Five is an automatic once it hits the battlefield. 
if you play a land after it? Well, not necessarily, because you have to activate the landfall one. So next turn, then you could. You got it. Because how busted would this be if that landfall was a static instead of a zero? I suppose, yeah. yeah. If that landfall was a static ability, this would be busted as shit. But still, turn turn two, turn two, alt it. Yeah, I mean that's that's legit. But I can see why they they if, if this card is real, why they put a zero activation ability clause on that landfall instead of static because that's just gross. But yeah, you you nig zero, so you have landfall until what your next turn. Correct. Uh, it doesn't oh say. Oh my god, with growth. Oh shit, dude. So if you drop oh, this, drop so a land and we're like in uh, say you had like Wilderness Wreck or something out. Or you had, you know, abilities to ramp. Drop this thing and then growth spiral. Or a cultivate. Or a solemn Simulator You could from Elvish You could alt this thing the next turn and it would still stick around. Exactly. Yeah, because you would clearly ramp into this. Like, if you're doing this in a Sultai build, turn two, you'd be grow spiraling, have three, then you... I know, you probably want to save the Cultivate. No, you'd want to save the Growth Spiral or, you know, save mana up for Growth Spiral after you drop this thing. Yeah, I mean, either way. So you could drop it. You'd have two You'd drop it. You know, activate the Landfall, play your land for turn, get it up to five, Growth Spiral... Get it up to six. So let's see. And then the, your next turn, you'd be able to alt it, and it'd still be around. You'd, you'd be able to do this on, like, turn three. Oh my god, that's it, disgusting. Uh, you'd drop it on. You'd be able to drop this uh, Golgari Nissa on turn three. If you did something like uh, turn one, a Boreal Grazer, or turn two, Growth Spiral. Uh, no, you you need a Boreal Grazer to turn two grow Spiral to be able to do a turn three. So a little more sequencing there. So I think more often than not, if this thing is real. Speaking of if this thing is real. So the source that leaked this potential Planeswalker uh, was on Reddit. And it's important to note that it's the same person who correctly revealed all the features of Narset of the Ancient Ways back in March. So there is a little bit of, um, you know, oh, uh, have a little bit of skepticism with this card, but if this person was right before, it makes you think, is this something that also is going to come? And then if that's the case, what are we going to hear from wizards on some NDAs and stuff like that? Dude. Okay, so I just was scrolling through this article a little bit, and... I totally forgot that Azusa is in standard. Oh yeah, now. Azusa. Azusa. So you could totally path fabled passage. All cars to get Azusa turn three triggers. Play your normal land drop. Cast this Golgari Nissa turn four. Play your Dude, two additional oh my God. land drops. Oh my God! No. So turn <laughs> no. Five. Yeah. JV. Oh, this thing is busted. Hey, hey, hold on. We don't know if this is going to be a thing or not. 
It better be. God damn it. <laughs> you're complaining about it and you're like, it better be a thing now. The way that you're going off, I thought they can't that- get our can't get our hopes up like this and then not drop it. Dude, it's green black, okay? This is like my fucking fun zone. <laughs> but yeah, no. The, the, it's believable. Landfall being a thing, and Nissa is from Zendikar, so I am excited to see what Zendikar Rising is going to be having for us when spoiler season for that comes around. But patiently waiting for yep. Double Masters spoiler season here at the moment. But hopefully, hopefully next week we can bring you some. Yeah. So, so you guys were on the rant of being mind blown by the landfall ability. But the NIG 5, I just want to emphasize that it brings in a creature with CMC less or equal to equal or less to the lands you control from your hand or a graveyard. No, the graveyard. No, it says or graveyard. Yeah, but that's your car. graveyard. Yep. It, it need to specify if it was somebody else's graveyard. Yep, because it's from your hand or graveyard. So it's still your graveyard. Yeah, I suppose. But either way. Wording is key in this game. The NIG 5 is what's bonkers about this. Is you can play a big... Yep. Or a, average creature, or not really an average creature, you just play uh, usually a turn 6 creature on turn 5, and they get another turn 6 creature, turn 5 for free. Well, like, I mean, you you pair this with Arboreal Grazer, Growth Spiral, Azusa, and then this, and oh my god, that's just oh, that is that is ramp sweet spot right there. But what's That's disgusting. That is if you have the land. But what's the big creature that you're putting in then? Anything. Anything within blue, black, green. Just run big fat fatties. I mean, big fat fatties and ramp. Oh, oh, everybody, you can drop a colossal dreadmaw on turn five. Oh my god, but it would be worth it because it would come in with two counters. Oh, oh, you could put down the uh, claw. Clank, clink, bridge troll. Oh, the clack bridge troll. Clack bridge troll. Yep. Put that. Put that bad boy down. You can drop a Kogla, the Titan ape. Oh, a massacre worm. Oh, oh, a free wrath, and then cast your, and then then it comes it it'll, it comes in with two counters, so then it'd be an eight six. Oh, oh my god. So turn five, wrath the board, and then you have mana left up, and then you cast an, another six drop if you had it in hand. Woof. Oh, man. And, and this is me just trying to, like, look at rotation-proof cards at the moment. Now, just think. Just think. Modern, here. With, with, with the Nissa. Okay. Dropping prime times. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> dropping prime times. <sighs> Not just dropping prime times. We can't, we can't, we can't ig- ignore the fact, though, of the plus one, then, in that case, as well. 
Like you untap one of the Karoo lands, you know, untap uh, the Simic Growth Chamber or whatever it is. Yep. Even that's still decent. Just think of the applications in modern, man. That's just this. This thing is. This thing better be real. I swear to God. Otherwise, I'm gonna kick somebody in the nuts. Is this the next Alco? <laughs> God, no, no. What? No. no. Well, I mean, no, no, no. you're tiptoeing a fine line, but yeah. No, this is I, not the next Oko. Because it, this is not the next Oko due to the fact that it does not interact with the opponent's board. What made Oko so oppressive is that it interacted with the opponent's board in a way that an opponent couldn't deal with. It nerfed whatever that, creature artifact that, that got dropped. That is why I'm saying Agro Oko, because Oko was control. Just because the sheer fact that this doesn't mess with your opponent's board, this is not going to be on the same level of Oko. I would probably put in the same path of, you know, maybe like a Liliana. Of, you know, you, you see a good amount of Lilianas, but only in a specific kind of build. I don't think all black green decks are going to be wanting to run something like this. I know in Commander, I would totally love to run this in my Mimeoplasm Infect deck. Yeah, that no. can still go up in flames any day now. But before we <laughs> deviate even further... <laughs> Spontaneous combust. Exactly. Or go missing. What next do we got? Um, what next do we got next to talk about? Well, it looks like Channel Fireball is doing a sweet promotion right now. They tweeted out earlier. Switch your cards to cash. Every $10 of cards you sell us this week enters you to win a Nintendo Switch. I might have to sell some cards to Channel Fireball. It's only this week, the 6th through the 12th only. The deadline is you must submit your online buy list this Sunday. Wouldn't that be sweet? Sell some cards, win a Switch. I think a Switch is a great, a great thing to have. I got one. I love it. I play Pokemon. Well, yeah. You already have one. I need one. So I need to buy list some cards. Yeah, start selling some cards. Would you sell your Uro? Oh, uh-oh. Hey, <laughs> we don't talk about that. For those that don't know, JP got rid of his Uros pretty quick on. <laughs> and now they're around 40 bucks. No, they're like 50. They're above 50 now. Oh, even worse. Yeah, they doubled. Why do you think I'm holding on to that crappy Teferi I pulled? As an arrow. Sell it. Hey, you, you trade that in, you're going to get like 30 bucks. I wonder what the... Let's see what the uh, the buy list for an arrow is. Quick count. Probably like 35. That's three entries. Buy list your sweet grim tutors that somebody pulled. They're unlike me. They're buying them for 32 bucks. That was close. Yeah. But you get credit for 42. So 32 cash, 42 credit. Ooh, look at that. It's actually not bad. No, that's not bad at all. Especially if Uro. Those are, uh, I don't know. Yeah, because Uro market is 52. So you're getting $10 less than market. It's actually... Not rough. It's not bad. Not bad at all. 
So we're going to be enough to get my two ballistics or walking ballistas. Hey, I just saw two walking ballistas in a box. It's about to get put out for sale. I t- talked to Josh uh, a couple weeks ago. It was like right after you were talking about it when you saw something. Should hit him up right on- after I picked mine up. Yeah. You should hit him up on Facebook like right now because he just got yeah. a whole collection this last weekend and that's where this these walking blisters are from. Yep, because I just got to peruse through the boxes of stuff that wasn't put out yet. And I saw two walking blisters in there, so that's how I got all this stuff. Oh, did you look through the boxes too? Yeah. That's how I got the- that's how I got them lands and how I got from in the box. Yeah, I got most of the lands and stuff in from the box. The fiery eyelets. Nice. And, uh, inspiring vantage. Maybe I'll just trade him my Euro. Euro. Do it. That'll get you one walking blister for sure. But that covers all of our news section there. And from that, gonna jump into the finance section. Cha-ching. As always, the finance section, we read an article brought to us by the amazing mtgstocks.com. The article in question is Weekly Winners. They write this article every Friday, and in it they have three to five cards that have made significant or interesting spikes this last week. And then they have three to five cars that have made significant or interesting decreases this week as well. So those in the money savvy can move accordingly, buy them, sell the cards, or just keep their nose to the ground. So this week's first winner is Azuri's Predation, a card from Commander 15. It has seen a 200% increase. The card is now sitting at 14 bucks. Um, little side note here. Uh, Weekly Winners is, is uh, written on Friday. We record on Monday. Prices may change. We will let you know. As of right now, it has actually dipped down about 80 cents. It's now just over $13. Uh, so, Azuri's Predation spiked hard because of the Game Nights, the Command Zone effect in one of the one of the decks. They went talking about it, and it was like, you know, the biggest bomb. It, it got big highlight and stuff, and because of that, people went and bought a lot and caused a significant significant spike in the price. Uh, I should probably read what Azuri's Predation does. It reads, For each creature your opponents control, put a 4-4 green beast creature token onto the battlefield. Each of those beasts fight a different one of those creatures. Yeah, it got highlighted in there and people just wanted to buy it because yeah, it was a, it was a $5 card with one printing so far. Next up on the weekly winters, we have Auntie's Hovel, which is a land from Lorwyn. It is now at $47.50 as of Friday. But as of right now, it's actually down to 40 bucks. 
but you can find them for around 28. Auntie's Hovel is a land that comes into play. You may reveal a goblin card from your hand. If you don't, Auntie's Hovel comes into play tapped, and it taps to add black or red to your mana pool. This one has seen a spike because of the Conspicuous Snoop and Bogart Harbringer combo in Modern right now. And they're just looking for any ways to get consistent, uh, consistent mana base. And what better for a goblin tribal deck than a goblin tribal land? True story. Next on the weekly winners, we have two. We have Force of Will from Eternal Masters and from Alliance moving up about 20 bucks. Now they're Eternal Masters is 150 bucks and the Alliance is $120. So what makes this important is both these printings of Force of Will have broke their previous all-time high records this week. And not because Legacy and Vintage decks have suddenly become more popular. Uh, these are the decision of wizards with these ones, essentially. So Last week or the week before, we were talking about Therese Nielsen art no longer being reprinted with uh, with magic cards. And both these arts are done by Therese Nielsen. And that is the thought of why, why these both have moved up in price. So both these versions are kind of like now de facto rarer than any other force of will that will be printed. But from there, let's move to the cheap pickups. Woohoo! All right, so the first cheap pickup we have, we have the full art forest land from Unhinged, sitting at seven dollars and sixteen cents. Next up, we have Arcane Signet from Throne of Eldraine, sitting at $5.60. And last but not least, we have the Future Sight printing of Tarmogoyf, sitting at $64.59. And it actually looks like Card Kingdom might have them for $59.99. Look at that. Looks like you could get some on TCG Player for forty-seven bucks. Uh, it's a sixty-four ninety-seven on TCG Player. Yeah. Okay, click click the link right now. Well, I didn't click on the card. I was looking at the summary at the bottom of the thing. <laughs> yeah, no, you can buy oh. some uh, Future Sight Tarmogoyce for forty-two ninety-nine on TCG Player. $47. It's a moderately played one, though. Yeah, you don't want moderately played. Moderately played is bullshit. But that closes off our finance section. As always, if you're looking to pick up some cards on the cheap, go check out tcgsniper.com. They're an amazing resource, an amazing tool for you to use to be able to uh, snipe out cards when the prices start going down on them. What you do is you enter in a card from TCG Player onto TCG Sniper, set a desired price. When that card drops down to that desired price, you will get a notification via 
email, text, or Discord. And then you click the link and you buy the card for that desired price that you want. It is an app that rewards the patient. But let's get talking about this deck of the week now. Because I just found this one not too long ago. And it's a historic deck. And I am super excited for this. So this deck is a uh, Jund historic fight deck that the concept revolves around you having Phyrexian Obliterator out and then using fight effects ranging from Dami Raid Anarch of Bolus, which is a planeswalker that has a neg 2 ability of target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. And then things like Ancient Animus, where you put a plus one counter on a creature if it's legendary, then it fights a creature your opponent controls, or Back for More, which returns a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. When you do, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Uh, Phyrexian Obliterator, is the, 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 the key card here, is a black, 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 5-5 five, five, trample creature that when a source deals damage to Phyrexian Obliterator, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. So the goal is to get your opponents, to force your opponent's creature to fight Phyrexian Obliterator, make them sack permanents, and then just beat wholesale ass that way. This uh, deck has a bit of ramp with Paradise Druid, a playset of that. And then it also has... Fiend Artisan as a way to help search up uh, Phyrexian Obliterator by sacrificing some creatures. Like you could sacrifice the Paradise Druid if you're done with it, or you could sacrifice a Cavalier of Thorns, which is also in the deck. But it, but but no, this deck it it piqued my interest for sure. So this is a historic deck. Uh, you play it on Arena. A lot of mythic cards in the creature section because you got Cavalier of Thorns, Questing Beast, Phyrexian Obliterator, and Fiend Artisan all in the mythic section. But then also you have the Great Henge. There's two of the Great Henge here. Uh, so you need a good amount of mythic wild cards to construct this deck. This would be kind of fun. Modern. Yeah, you could do this in modern. I definitely think that this is going to shine. A lot in his, a lot in historic. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. a lot less answers. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying, it would be, it'd be fun to build off something off of this in modern. Obviously, you, I don't know if there'd be difference. Like get something else that's back for more, a different way of getting it back, um, or a cheaper version of getting it back rather than a six drop. And then with some of the creatures possibly changing out. But, but yeah, seems like a fun deck. One, one thing with this that I think that could improve it a lot is probably take out Ancient Animus. I know it's one of the fight cards, but in Historic, there are two good fight cards right now. You have Prey Upon, which does the same effect except... Uh, Phyrexian Obliterator is not a legendary creature, so you're not putting a plus one counter on it. So it doesn't matter, but this is cheaper, so you can get a fight in. But then the other one is Primal Might. It's a new card that came out in Core 21. 
It is X green sorcery. Target creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn. Then it fights up to one target creature you don't control. So early game, it's just a prey upon, which is fine. But then in the late game, you can make it bigger, make your Phyrexian Obliterator bigger to survive a hit from a, another bigger creature your opponent casts, and then swing in again. <laughs> make it Making it a 10-10 with Trample? Or, or heck, if you put 3 mana into this, giving it a plus 2, plus 2, a 7-7 seven, seven Trample that fights something? It seems pretty good to me. You just like it because it's a Phyrexian. I, I do like... I do like Phyrexian Obliterator a lot. A lot more than I probably should. But I think this deck is great. You all should... If you're, if you're inter- interested in Historic, give it a shot, give it a put together. I actually got a couple Mythic Wild cards available, and I think maybe I'm going to try this. See see how well it goes. But links are in the description down below for the whole deck if you are also interested in it interested in it in historic so with that that is another episode you guys we have done it we have done it we've made some progress we've told you some news we talked about a deck talked some finance talked a lot of pioneer there in the beginning so if you made it all the way to the end of the episode this far thank you you are truly amazing you are epic thank you uh, as always, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Discord. We are cultivating a stronger Discord presence at the moment, and we are trying to post more on Facebook and on Twitter. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to give us feedback of any kind, hit us up on any of those platforms, or you can also send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe. So that way you guys never miss when an episode gets posted. I do apologize for last week with the uh, episode getting delayed. Life life does get a little hectic right now. Uh, insider stuff. I am in the process of buying a house. So stuff is whirlwind, storm, etc. <laughs> but yeah, subscribe. Don't miss an episode. They're up every Tuesday. I'm trying my best. So yeah, email us your deck submissions, please, for Deck of the Week. We need variety. And if you do, please provide us with a description of how it's supposed to be played, if there's any combos that we we should know about, or any special little things that happen along with within the deck that one may not see instantly. So just so we can best describe or understand your deck and with that we will catch y'all next week see ya bye uh next on the weekly winners we have no kitty no not the microphone (laughs) go away god damn it don't mind me just a cat doing cat stuff